الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فلما اسلم وتله للجبين وناديناه ايا ابراهيم قد صدقت الرؤيا ان كذلك نجزي المحسنين صدق الله العظيم او سسبكتد مدر وي ار ان ذيز فيري فيري مبارك مومنتس اوف تايم ات از ذا ديز اوف حج ات از ذا دي اوف عرفه توداي اند ذن وي ار اون ذا ايف اوف ذس جريت ibadat of qurbani tonight is the night of eid these are all very very precious occasions very mubarak moments in the hadith sharif regarding the night of eid it's mentioned that the person who will keep the nights of eid alive then lam yamut qalbuhu yawma tamutul qulub then his heart will not die on the day when hearts would die keeping the night of eid alive means alive with ibadat so some amount of time at least a person spent in ibadat spent in some kind of engagement in the remembrance of allah taala in nafil salah in tilawat of the quran sharif in some zikr tasbihat dua so the person who kept the night of eid alive Allah Ta'ala will not allow his heart to die when hearts die. One explanation of this is that on the day of Qiyamah, this person will be in a state of, he will not be in the state of bewilderment when others would be in that severe fear, but he will be in the protection of Allah Ta'ala. But another explanation is that this refers to dunya itself. That hearts dying is the effect of fitna, the effect of all the evils that affect the heart so a person who keeps the nights of eid alive the barakat of this would be that inshallah his heart or her heart will not be affected by the fitnas that are getting more and more every day and allah taala will grant the person the tawfeeq of staying safe from such fitnas so this is a very very great virtue and a very very great benefit that a person gets saved from the fitnas that are forever increasing around us and a person does not get caught up in these various evils and vices so this is something to take note of that tonight sometime inshallah often the eve of eid is a time a lot of activity a lot of preparation all that is in its place but that should not take up all the time in such a way that there is no time for any ibadat there is no time for any zikr tilawat at least sometime at night we do wake up on a day of eid earlier than usual so in the late part of the night before the time of sahri ends some few rakats of nafil with the niyat of tahajjud and that's the most important time of dua make dua for ourselves for our families for the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so this is one amal that we should be trying to take the maximum benefit from and this is not something that will just be confined to this night but the benefit will be confi- will be something that will stay with us throughout the year in our lives inshallah 
Then another important aspect in times of, in terms of the ibadat of this time and the lessons that we take from this time is the lessons that we get from the life of Ibrahim and his family. These Mubarak days, these Mubarak nights, these ibadat that are performed, the hujjaj, many of their aspects of hajj that they will perform, the ibadat of qurbani, all these are reminders of the life of Sayyidina Ibrahim and his family, their sacrifices, their submission to Allah Taala. And this is the beauty of our deen, that when we are meant to take these reminders, then we are put through these reminders in a very practical way, because this is the essence of everything. The reminders that we get from Ibrahim and his family, this is the very essence of our deen. So we have been put through this in a very practical way to remember what was the essence of this, what was the sacrifice that Ibrahim had to go through. And we take that lesson into our own lives and implement it. These are things that we have heard over and over again and which we are meant to keep listening to so that it stays fresh in our hearts and minds and we implement it in our daily lives. What was the most glaring message that comes from all these various incidents that happen in the life of Ibrahim and his family? is the lesson of total submission to Allah Ta'ala. In the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, إِذْ قَالَ لَهُ رَبُّهُ أَسْلِمْ قَالَ أَسْلَمْتُ لِرَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ That remember the time when Allah Ta'ala commanded Ibrahim والسلام, أَسْلِمْ أَسْلِمْ We are familiar with the word that is derived from the same root, Islam, we are all Muslims, Aslim also comes from the same root and this is actually the meaning is submission. Islam means submission, total submission to Allah Ta'ala, total submission to the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So Allah Ta'ala commanded Ibrahim Wasallam, Aslim, submit yourself. His response was immediately, Aslam to li Rabbil Alameen. I have submitted myself to the Rabb of the universe to the entire, to the rub of the entire creation and makhluk, is Allah Ta'ala, I have submitted myself to Him. Now this is a claim that each one of us has also made, that we have submitted ourselves to Allah Ta'ala. Every reciter of the kalima, La ilaha illallah, when he says La ilaha illallah, that there is none worthy of worship but Allah Ta'ala, so now this includes this claim of submission, that therefore, since there is none worthy of worship besides Allah Ta'ala, I have now submitted myself to Allah Ta'ala alone. Allah Ta'ala is my creator, He is my sustainer, my nourisher. Allah Ta'ala has provided everything to me. Allah Ta'ala has made it possible for me to survive. Every second and millisecond, I am surviving on the ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala. The air that Allah Ta'ala has provided. I am breathing that for free. I am surviving on the water that Allah Ta'ala has blessed me with. On all the other things that are required, everything has come from Allah Ta'ala alone. So we have claimed that we are therefore submitting ourselves to Allah Ta'ala. But when Ibrahim when he responded, Aslam to Rabbil Alameen, so he was put through some tests, some trials. Allah Ta'ala mentions this in the Quran Sharif, وَإِذِبْتَلَىٰ إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ فَأَتَمَّهُنْ 
that when Allah Ta'ala tested Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam with several aspects, the result Allah Ta'ala himself gives in the Quran Sharif, فَأَتَمَّهُنْ that he passed with flying colors. He perfectly passed the test and that examination. Now that was the examination that Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam went through, which we will discuss briefly. We too are in a test and in an examination every day of our life. And all the things that come in our way, which sometimes distract us from Allah Ta'ala, the temptations, the desires, the things that we see others do and we get caught up into doing, whereas Allah Ta'ala is not pleased with that. Or what we are enticed towards, all these things are tests and examinations for us. The thing for us to reflect upon is, how much are we passing our test? How much are we passing our examination? First to just briefly refresh our minds regarding the examination that Ibrahim went through. One of the very early examinations was that his entire nation, the people around him were all steeped in shirk, in idol worship. And they are dragging him or forcing him to also become part of the crowd. But Ibrahim refuses to get anywhere close to shirk. And he tries to even explain to his people in various ways to try and bring it to their minds that how can you be ever worshipping anything that is created? Allah Ta'ala alone is the creator and Allah alone is worthy of worship. How can you be ever ascribing partners with Allah Ta'ala? So sometimes he's trying to open their minds out by saying that the star, well, is this to be worshipped? Then the star disappears. How can this be worthy of worship? If something disappears. The moon, perhaps this. Now this is just merely to try and make the people think, open their minds, that you are somebody is worshipping the stars and somebody the moon. But can this ever be worthy of worship? That the moon suddenly there's an eclipse. Suddenly it's now one day it's a full moon, but then again it's waning. So this cannot be. Then the sun comes out. Okay, maybe this is it. Such a great and huge creation, the sun. And the light of the sun, and it's such dazzling light, you cannot even look into it. So, just in order to open their minds, he says, well, maybe this. But then by the end of the day, that sun also sets. He says, no, no, la uhibbul afilin. This is not something that can ever be worshipped. So, he, in this way, in various ways, he carried on trying to bring this reality to the hearts of his people. But they were so steeped in shirk. Eventually, one day, they went for that fair of theirs the place where they had some kind of merrymaking, whatever it was, some occasion and festival of theirs, there are fairs that carry on in our times also. But as we sometimes explain it in this way, that many a person says that I went to the fair, all kinds of fairs in the name of Islam also. Now Eid comes, inshallah there aren't these things happening in Escort, but in Durban all these things carry on. There will be Eid fairs and but in the name of Eid and in the name of Ramadan, in the name of Islam, in the name of things of deen, but all kinds of things that are against deen happen. The intermingling, the music, and people are involved in so many wrongs. So people say we're going to the fair, but the question is that is this fair? Is it fair to our deen? Is it fair to what Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, with all the ni'mats and bounties? Rather this is not fair, it's unfair. And very, very unfair. It's a great injustice upon ourselves. And then the same injustice is heaped upon our children. 
that we take them along, they get exposed to all the evils in these places. And one thing leads to another, the kinds of things that people who at one time in their lives got caught up in all these things, but later when the realization came and they repented, now they discuss what would happen and what took place in such places and how they used this place for so much of haram and others were involved in that haram. So these are places to be far away from. In any case, the people of Ibrahim Salam, in the people of his time, his community, they all went away to this festival. So he took advantage of this opportunity and he went into their house where all the idols were and he chopped all the necks of those idols, heads of those idols. But that axe chopped all the heads off. And then he hung the axe on the big idol that was sitting there and he left it like that. Now when the people returned, they see this situation. Now they want to know what happened here. How did this ever happen? So Ibrahim salam now is summoned because somebody said, we heard him sometimes mentioning these idols in a very negative way. So it must be his job. And then obviously he was the only one that didn't accompany us. He was around. So he might have done this. So they call for him. And they ask him, did you do this? So now in order to make them think, open their minds, the answer he gives them is, بَلْ فَعَلَهُ كَبِيرُهُمْ هَذَا فَاسْأَلُوهُمْ إِنْ كَانُوا يَنْتِقُونَ They know this big fellow sitting here with the idle round, with the axe round his neck, seems like he must be the culprit. So ask him, talk to him. So now they start discussing with one another and they say that, well, we know that these idols don't talk. So what's the point in asking? Because they will get no answer. So, when they, now, it's clear as daylight that this is total foolishness, total stupidity, that they are worshipping idols. It's now spelt out to them. But when a person gets onto zid, obstinacy, then no matter how clearly something is spelt out, the person will still not want to accept. So now when they had no answer, what was the answer? They said, look, your idols have been insulted very badly. Your idols have been insulted. So now, وَنْسُرُوا alihatakum in kuntum فَاعِلِينَ Now you need to defend your gods. Can we imagine, on the one hand, they are saying it's their god. Then they are saying, we need to defend our god. The god is so weak that the god can't defend itself. And yet they are calling it a god. Now this is the height of foolishness. And the height of stupidity. But when a person blocks his heart out from the truth, from righteousness, then the darknesses of sin, the darknesses of shirk, of kufr, and of all kinds of evil and vices, it blocks out a person's thinking, a person's intelligence. It doesn't allow a person to look at something that is so clear and understand it. The person becomes totally lost in his own issues and he cannot see the truth. So what was the outcome of this? They said, no, we need to take revenge now. We need to sort this out. We need to put Ibrahim al-Islam, make him taste the consequences of what he's done. So what should we do? They decided to burn him. Now they wanted to dispense with him. They wanted to dispense with him by burning him so that he would be more tortured. So fine, if that was what they wanted to do, they could have just lit a small fire also. That too will do the job. But Allah Ta'ala wanted to manifest His Qudrat. And therefore their minds couldn't think of something so simple. That what's the need to build a very huge fire? 
So in any case, this is what they thought of, that if we have to, want to burn him, we need to build a very huge fire. They built such a huge fire, that when the fire was lit, they could not get close to it, because of the intensity of the heat. So shaitan came and whispered to them, that you can't get close to it to throw him in, you build a catapult. And put him into this catapult, and then shoot him into the fire. So now this was a moment of test for Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. And this is the point that we need to reflect on. Ibrahim wasalam now is put into this catapult and eventually he is released into the air. So now he is airborne, catapult. The person will first fly high up in the air, whatever object was catapulted, and then it will fall back down towards the ground at a distant point. So now when he has been shot out of this catapult and he is airborne, He's high up in the air. And now it's obvious a person doesn't remain there forever. He doesn't remain there for any period of time. As he gets to the highest point, he starts falling. And the angels are also observing this. And Jibreel wasalam, asks Allah Ta'ala's permission that can I go and help Khalilullah? Allah Ta'ala gives the permission. So he comes rushing to Ibrahim wasalam, and he had that power, Allah Ta'ala has blessed him, that strength and might and power, that when Yusuf was thrown from the top of the well, at that time, Jibreel was in the heavens. And Allah Ta'ala commanded him to protect Yusuf Before he reached the bottom of the well, Jibreel was already there to save him from falling. And gently placed him onto that rock. So from the heavens... How far is the top of the well to the bottom of the well? 15-20 meters takes a second or two, few seconds for a person to reach that bottom end, falling from the top. But he was already there. In any case, he comes and offers his help to Ibrahim wasalam. Ibrahim wasalam is airborne, but in that moment also, his heart is focused towards Allah Ta'ala. Now this is that submission of a very, very high level. That in this instance also, he is totally focused towards Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. And while now, he also knows he's falling, he's going to be falling down into this fire. But when he's offered this help, now this is the help of the greatest of all the angels of Allah Ta'ala. His question is, has Allah Ta'ala ordered you to come or you came by your own accord? So he says, no, I haven't come on the order of Allah Ta'ala, but Allah Ta'ala has permitted me to come. So Ibrahim wasalam's response is, Amma ilayka fala. If that's the case, that you have come, though it's with permission, but you have come, then I'm not in need of your help. Allah Ta'ala is sufficient for me. Now when there was this total submission to Allah Ta'ala, this total submission of this extremely high level, then Allah Ta'ala changed even the effect of means that Allah Ta'ala has placed in dunya. We should never dare to put our hand into fire, saying that fire did not burn Ibrahim wasalam, so it won't burn us also. No, it will burn us. These are exceptions, but these exceptions came to sub- those who had submitted themselves to that very high level. But that lesson is that if we submit ourselves to our level at least, then too we will see how the help of Allah Ta'ala will come. Any case, when he is submitted to Allah Ta'ala in this way, 
and now he falls into this fire. From outside it's still a fire. The people still can't get close to it because of the intensity of the heat. But inside this fire, it becomes a place of peace and serenity for him. It becomes a garden for him. Ulna ya narukuni salaman ala Ibrahim. Allah Ta'ala says we commanded the fire to become a place of peace and a place of coolness for Ibrahim Salaam. Now here is the lesson for us to take that if we too submit ourselves, we are also always and forever or often in some kind of fire or the other. Sometimes it's some financial situation, sometimes it's some social situation, sometimes some domestic issue, sometimes the issue with our children, sometimes whatever else, some family issue, all kinds of issues, emotional issues. So there are some kind of fires in the sense of challenges. But what is the solution to it? Is the solution, unfortunately, as sometimes we try to make solutions out of getting into further disobedience, then that will only increase the fire. The solution is from the lesson of Ibrahim wasalam, Total submission to Allah Ta'ala. And total submission to Allah Ta'ala, this will bring coolness and serenity. We look in the lives of the pious, the Ahlullah, they also are insan, they also face challenges, they also have pain, they have illnesses, they have grief, they have sorrow, they are faced with all the same things that other human beings are faced. But despite all that, you have never heard throughout the ages and throughout the annals of history that any friend of Allah Ta'ala, any pious person, any waliullah committed suicide. We've never heard about it. Whereas sometimes the difficulties apparently that they face are far greater than the challenges others face. But in the midst of all those challenges, they are still within themselves at peace. Because their hearts are connected to Allah Ta'ala. And when the heart is connected to Allah Ta'ala, then just merely for the sake of an example to understand that a person is sometimes in a very, very down and out situation, person is despondent, losing hope, and feeling very miserable, Allah forbid these kind of situations, sometimes people start thinking of really sinful things, people start thinking of suicide, they say, well, rather we ended up with this. It doesn't end up with it, it only just gets worse with it. That The person is the, the example is like jumping, as they say, from the frying pan to the fire. That this doesn't end the problem, it only increases the problem. Because the greater problem is the problem if a person gets in the problem of Qabr, the problem on the day of Qiyamah, the problem of Jahannam. And this paves the way directly to these problems. So in any case, the solution is to turn to Allah wa Ta'ala and we will see in the lives of the Ahlullah that despite their challenges, that they are still not overwhelmed by whatever goes on. And their hearts are still content and at peace with Allah Ta'ala. So this is the one very crucial lesson that we have to learn. That in all our situations, Ibrahim was faced by this pressure of society. That you must also join us. And if you don't join us, then all these threats. Now we are also faced by pressures of society to do many things. But we know that these things are impermissible. To go to these places are impermissible as sinful places, to do certain things will totally trample the sunnah of Rasulullah Certain aspects that happen 
in weddings, in other occasions, which totally trample the laws of deen. But now there is so much of pressure, family pressure, pressure of society, pressure of friends, that you don't do it like this, then you know, this is not worth even coming to your house again, and uh, don't even talk to me again, and all these kinds of things. So now we start caving into this pressure of society, and the pressure of extended families, and friends, and whatever. And as a result, we start doing things that are impermissible, things that are far away from deen. We are breaking the laws of Allah Ta'ala to please people. But the end result of that is, neither do people get pleased, and Allah Ta'ala is already, we've displeased Him, due to have broken His commands, so we lost out dunya and akhirat. There was one, Hazrat Tanvi Rahmatullah has mentioned one incident of one banya, very very wealthy person, and very miserly. But now the time came for his daughter's wedding, so he decided to do it in style now, and he really laid it out, and the people, the whole groom's party had come and already been there for several days, and every day it was really being laid out, and now that whole fortune that he had saved for ages, a good amount of that fortune was now squandered on all this, and then on top of that, as all the guests were departing after the whole incident, after the whole occasion, each one was given one gold coin as a gift. Like one Kruger ran now. So after doing all this, now as it is, he was very miserly and he had to part with all this. Part with all this, the only object he parted with it was, so that he can make a name for himself. People will sing his praises. So he was spending this for something that he was trying to achieve for his in terms of his honor and prestige. So now after having done all this, he wanted to also hear that, what's the end result, what's the outcome? So as the guests were leaving, now everybody leaving in that time and age on their horse wagons and carts and whatever else, so he quickly disappeared from the crowd and he went quietly to a point way ahead in the road, roadside and hid in some bushes there, where everybody has to pass by. So now from close by, he will be able to hear what they are talking, the conversation. So as they are going by, one person now is commenting, that look, whatever this fellow did, but like for in our example now, we'll say, it was just you know, seven cause. He is so wealthy, if he made it 14 cause, what he would have run short of? So now this person had a negative comment. Another person had something else. The third person had something else. Then one card passed along. Then he's hearing the person say, Look, this is such a wealthy fellow, and he gave us only one gold coinage. If he gave two, what short it would have come for him? Inna lillah. That the dunya also went, obviously this was a banyaz incident, that he lost everything. He spent all this wealth, so that wealth also went, and what he tried to achieve, name and fame out of it, that too didn't come. Because this is the reality of dunya. When a person tries to please dunya, dunya always stabs him in the back. But he pleases Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala pleases dunya for him also. And Allah Ta'ala makes the akhirat for him as well. So this is the lesson we learn from Ibrahim salam, not to cave in to the pressures of society, to the pressures of all kinds of other things that happen, but to first be concerned what is going to please Allah Ta'ala and to submit to that which will please Allah Ta'ala. In this time of the days of Hajj, of this ibadat of Qurbani, this is the message we are given in so many different ways that our desires, what we want, we need to be learning how to put the knife on all these wrong desires. Nowadays, there are so many things that just become like wildfires, the social media 
and all the other things that go along and the evils that spread as a result of these things. Now this just becomes such a gripping thing on every person that people say that I just cannot do without it. But now let us analyze what has this done to our lives. Is there time left now for tilawat of the Quran Sharif? Is there time for ibadat, for tasbihat, for zikr? Those who even have inclination towards deen, many a person who have inclination towards deen, who once upon a time wherein had time for the tilawat and zikr, tasbihat, dua, themselves they complain first and only a complaint comes that I just can't find the time to do these things anymore. But why you cannot find the time? Then somewhere it comes that, okay, how much of time is being spent on WhatsApp and coming to know what's going on around the world? So then that now becomes the point that, well, one hour is getting wasted in all these things. Now, how much can be done in one hour? How much of tilawat can be made? How much of tasbihat can be recited? How much of zikr and dua can be made? But that one hour goes in these things and nothing achieved at the end of the day. Let alone nothing achieved. Many a times it's throwing a person into so much of sin. Somebody has forwarded something which is totally gossip. It's ghibat. Now we are reading that. So we are like a person. It's haram to speak ill of others. It's haram to listen to ghibat. Now this we are reading that ghibat. We are in that same category and position. And then with the press of one button. We are forwarding that to so many people. Sometimes 100 people on that group. So that is now one press of a button. We got involved in 100 times ghibat. Now these are the devices. They call it device, but it's full of vice. Except for the person who really knows how to look after it and how to use it correctly. Otherwise, for the person who doesn't know that, then it becomes a thing of full of vice. Things that people previously had to spend a huge amount of money and go to far distances to commit such haram. Now at the press of a button, they are involved in the worst haram. So this is a very, very dangerous tool. If a person doesn't know how to look after it, then it is something that he should become very smart and the least is not to have a smartphone. Otherwise, shaitan is smarter than him. And shaitan uses the smartphone to get him involved in all kinds of evil and vices without him even sometimes intending to get into it. And before he knows it, he slipped far away into it. So, this is the one very important lesson, the lesson we get from the life of Ibrahim wasalam. The lesson of total submission, we are Muslims, and this is what Islam teaches us, this total submission. When a person will submit to Allah Ta'ala, this is our responsibility, that we first submit to Allah Ta'ala, and then make dua. Now we are faced with some challenges, some problems, some difficulties. The tartib and the sequence of things should be that first we totally submit ourselves to Allah Ta'ala, by making Tawbah istighfar. That many a times the difficulties that come are the effects of our sins. So first we make Tawbah istighfar. Then give some sadaqa. And then make dua as well obviously. Then beg Allah Ta'ala's help. Ibrahim wasalam, was faced with a situation. The situation was that he was ordered to leave his wife and little infant child in a barren place. The barren place of Makkah Mukarramah. Which at that time there was nobody living there. It was totally barren. There was nothing growing there. And no means of survival. And Ibrahim wasalam, is ordered to leave his family there. He leaves them there. He first fulfills the command of Allah Ta'ala. 
without any question, how they going to survive, what is going to be the outcome, what wrong did this child do, and who is going to take care of them, no questions asked. What is the command of Allah Ta'ala, that is what is done. This is unfortunately another very serious malady that is becoming common, that we want to question everything. Our duty is to question only that what is the command of deen? What is the law of Allah Ta'ala? What is the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu in this matter? Once given the advice and the, the reply and the response from somebody who is authentic, somebody who is learned, then our responsibility now, that we have confidence in the person we have asked, that this person is a learned person and is an authentic person, then our responsibility is to fulfill that what we have been taught. To get into the wisdom of things, to ask and question, but why is this like this and why is that like that? Then do we ask these questions to the specialist when we go to him, but why did you prescribe this medication? And what is the reason that this medication will work on this particular ailment? These are little, small, little round tablets and I have got a splitting headache and these round, small tablets, you're saying it will help with my headache. Please explain to me, I have no idea how this is going to work. So specialists will tell him that you go somewhere else. That your job is to take the tablets. I know my field. So when it comes to deen, suddenly we want to become experts without any basic knowledge also. So Ibrahim didn't ask all these questions. The command of Allah Ta'ala came to him, he leaves them there. And after leaving them there, he then moves away. When he's moving away, his wife wants to know how we are going to survive here. You're leaving us here and you're going away. But eventually when he doesn't answer, she asks the question differently. That is this the command of Allah Ta'ala? And when she gets the indication that yes, it's the command of Allah Ta'ala. Her spontaneous response upon that is, In that case, Allah Ta'ala won't allow us to perish. Allah Ta'ala's help is with us then. If this is according to the command of Allah Ta'ala, there is no fear then. Now can we imagine a lone woman with an infant child, she's going to be left in this barren place, no means of survival, but this is her yaqeen in Allah Ta'ala. That if this is the command of Allah Ta'ala, I am ready for it. And Allah Ta'ala will protect us. So this is the lesson, that this submission to Allah Ta'ala. So what was the outcome? The outcome was the unseen help of Allah Ta'ala came. Ibrahim Salaam moved away from this place that he left them. And when he was out of sight, he turned to Allah Ta'ala. رَبَّنَا إِنِّي أَسْكَنْتُ مِنْ ذُرِّيَّتِي بِوَادٍ غَيْرِ ذِي زَرْعٍ عِنْدَ بَيْتِكَ الْمُحَرَّمِ Ya Allah, I left my family in this barren place, close to the sacred house. The foundations of the Kaaba Sharif are still existing there, but it was washed out in the time of the flood of Nuh uh, So the foundations were still existing, it was close to this, that he kept them there, and now he moved away, saying, Ya Allah, I left them here, why? Rabbana liyuqimus salah. The first thing, Ya Allah, that they will establish salah. Now this is a very, very challenging situation. In this challenge, Ibrahim Salam is giving us the direction. First thing is, establish salah. Rabbana liyuqimus salah. Then Ibrahim Salam is making dua for them. Faj'al af'idatam minan nasi tahwi ilayhim. Ya Allah, you incline the hearts of people towards them. So that if people's hearts are inclined towards them, now they are alone here, they have nobody, no company, nobody to support them and help them out in their day-to-day issues. And now when a person is alone, feels concerned also, 
But when there is company, the person feels comforted. So Allah, you incline people's hearts to them. Why? Then they will get this support, they will get this comfort. But, what is the tartib again? First was total submission. Now he made this dua. And when he made this dua, the hearts of people got inclined that one after the other, the caravans that started passing by, they found this place, they found the people here, they said, please give us the opportunity to settle here. And a short while, there was a whole community. Now this was the effect of the dua of Ibrahim Wasallam. And then further he says, وَرْذُقْهُمْ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَشْكُرُونَ Allah, you bless them with thamarat. Thamarat literally translated means fruit. This literal meaning also has been accepted in such a way that the fruit of the entire world can be purchased in Makkah Mukarramah, though in Makkah Mukarramah these fruit don't grow at all. But this is the effect of the dua of Ibrahim wasalam. And this, in a broader meaning, all the needs and necessities, the benefits of everything. So Allah Ta'ala opened the doors of all their needs and fulfilled everything that they required in a miraculous way. The Zamzam came and all the other things that happened for them. But the lesson in all this again, first was the submission to Allah Ta'ala. The establishing of Salah. And then this Dua. And this Dua then brings its effect. And then the Dua shows that how things can turn by means of Dua. But a person continues disobeying Allah Ta'ala, continues in the sinful life of whatever he is involved in, and then he says, but my du'as, I am making du'a. Yes, the du'a is still du'a, the du'a is still ibadat, but the effect in the du'a will come when it is coupled with the submission to Allah Ta'ala. So these are the lessons that we get from the Mubarak life of Ibrahim wasalam, and this is the lesson that we need to imbibe in our hearts and minds. Then, Together with that, another very important lesson on the occasion of Qurbani. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, giving the virtue of Qurbani, that Ma Amila ibn Adam min Amalin Yoman Nahr, Habu ilallahi min Ihraqiddam. That a person cannot perform any action more beloved in the sight of Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qurbani than the spilling of the blood of the animals. So to perform the amal of Qurbani is beyond any other amal. Obviously the faraiz are in their own category. Otherwise it's beyond any other amal that can be performed on that day. It doesn't mean that should, nothing else should be done. What it means is that as great as all the other amal are, the greatest amal on this day, on the day of Eid, is the sacrificing of animals. The reward he will get for that is beyond the reward of somebody, for example, who might have made one khatam of the Qur'an Sharif, or stood the whole night in ibadat. All this is very great, we should do this. But, this will be even greater. So now this is to highlight how great an ibadat is. And it's emphasized so strongly, that Nabi Islam said, the person who has the ability to make qurbani, meaning it's wajib on him, and he fails to do so, he should not even join us for Eid Salah. The Eid Salah where Nabi Islam is the imam. So can we imagine what a strong emphasis is placed on it? This is also to show the importance. So now such great virtue, such an important amal. But in one hadith sharif, there is one amal that is excluded. Meaning, the qurbani is greater than every other action that can be performed on the day of Eid. Except one action. That that action, qurbani is not greater than it. That is greater. What can that be? 
Qurbani is greater than all the tilawat that a person can make. He should make tilawat obviously. But greater than the tilawat, whole khatam, several khatams if he can make. Greater than all the nafil salah. Greater than all the uh, various other nawafil that he can perform. Because it's on a very specific time. After the days of Nahar, after the days of Eid al-Adha, once the ayyam al-Tashriq are over, he, he can slaughter any animal, he's not qurbani now. Qurbani is only in these days. These three days is the only time that he can make qurbani. So this has the greatest virtue in these three days. But there is one amal, one act, which is beyond qurbani also. In one hadith sharif, Nabi Islam says, the same wording that a person cannot do any amal which is more beloved to Allah Ta'ala on the day of Nahar than the spilling of the blood of the animals. But then one exception is mentioned. إِلَّا سِلَةَ rahim, Except the joining of family ties. The joining of family ties is beyond even the amal of Qurbani. Now this lesson is being given to us on the occasion of Qurbani. Meaning on the together with this fadilat and virtue of Qurbani. So on the occasion of Qurbani, we should be taking this lesson as well. And every year this will come as a reminder for us, that while performing Qurbani, this is such a great amal, but there is one aspect that is greater than Qurbani as well. And that is the joining of family ties. That a person who joins family ties gets greater reward. Now there are so many virtues mentioned for the joining of family ties in the hadith. Rasulullah says that The person who wants barakat in his life, barakat in his health, he should join family ties. And then in one hadith, Nabi Islam says that this family ties is kinship. This is suspended to the arsh of Allah Ta'ala and it makes dua. Man wasalani wasalahullah. Ya Allah, the one who maintains me, you maintain him. And the one who cuts me off, Ya Allah, you cut him off. Can we imagine this dua at the arsh of Allah Ta'ala? So in any case, in one hadith, that virtue that is mentioned for joining family ties, all these virtues, this is expressed, that who is the one that will get this virtue? The person who, it mentioned in the hadith sharif, that the wasil, laysal wasil bil mukafi, the person who joins family ties is not that person who, because somebody else is good to him, he is also good to that person. He is doing good in return of good. Then he is doing what any insan should do. Nobody in his right mind will return good with evil. Unless the person is now lost part of his mind, that's a different issue. But any person in his right mind, somebody is treating him nicely, correctly, then he will do the same. But the wasil is that person, alladhi idha quti'at rahimuhu wasalaha, when somebody has cut off relationship from him, he goes ahead and still joins ties with the person. This person will get all these great rewards. And this person's amal is greater than even the amal of Qurbani. That despite somebody cutting relationship from him, he went, went ahead and he joined ties of relationship. Now this is such a great amal that even greater than the amal of Qurbani. Hazrat Shaykh al-Hadith Muhammad Zakariya sahab rahmatullahi he mentions one incident in his time that he used to come to his hometown, Kanla, once a year or so. He used to be based in Saharanpur. And when he would come there, then he would go to visit all the relatives. Now the whole town was one family. Once something happened, and unfortunately these kind of things happen sometimes over small little things. Somebody slipped up, said something out of turn, and that becomes a big thing. 
and then one person now is defending one party, the other person is defending the other party, and then the whole group on either side, and before one knows it, now there's a whole split in families, in communities. So something happened, and now half the family is on one end, the other half of the family is the other end. They are not interacting with one another, there's no communication. When he came, he got to know of this, but he didn't take any notice of what the stories are. He went along to go and visit all the relatives. But now he belongs to one half of the family. So now he became, so to say, guilty by association. Because he belongs to that half of the family, he is also now part of the same. So now when he is knocking on some of the doors, went to visit them. So somebody opens the door, they see him, slamming the door in his face. Somebody is saying a whole lot of things, hurtful things to him. But he didn't take any notice of it, he carried on. One of his relatives from his side of the family had been accompanying him, he's observing all this. In any case, he went away finally. Then the next year he came back, this issue had not yet been resolved and still the same split in the family. Again he went around in his normal manner to go and visit everyone. As he's going from house to house, again the same thing is happening. Somebody is slamming the door in his face, somebody is saying some things. So the relative who accompanied him the previous year, that person was with him again. That person is observing again the same treatment being meted out to him. So he asked him, the relative of Hazrat Shaykh Ramtulali asked him, that don't you have any shame? Last year they did this to you. They are doing the same to you this year. You still came back? You have no shame? So his reply was, whatever they are doing, they are doing. That's their action. What I am supposed to do is to still join ties. They are breaking ties. That's their action. My responsibility is joint ties. I'll keep doing this. I'll keep coming. But he humbled himself for Allah Ta'ala and he did what was his responsibility and duty. The Sheikh himself mentions that it was not long after that some of the very people who were slamming the door in his face became his ardent murids and among the closest people to him who turned their hearts. Allah Ta'ala turned their hearts the barakat of this amal. When one humbles himself for Allah Ta'ala then Allah Ta'ala elevates him. And sometimes to say, okay, it's my fault, even if I am sure it wasn't my fault, the only thing will be that I will seem to now have humbled myself and made the other person big. But in reality, Allah Ta'ala doesn't allow this to go in vain. Allah Ta'ala elevates this person. Allah Ta'ala puts the respect of the, this person in the hearts of people. For that moment, it will be a little bit of a challenge on the heart, a little bit of struggle against the nafs. But the long term, Allah Ta'ala shows the respect and honor that comes to such a person. abdan bi afwin illa izza. The Hadith Sharif Nabi Sallallahu says, when a person forgives, the result of that is Allah Ta'ala increases the person's izzat. So while we are benefiting from this great occasion of Qurbani, we are taking the rewards, inshallah, to just recap very briefly the aspects that we discussed. One was the night of Eid and some ibadat at least to make on the night of Eid, which will get this very great benefit that our hearts will be saved from the effects of fitna. And then the other thing is the lesson of submission from the life of Ibrahim and dua coupled with submission to Allah Ta'ala. This is that very effective dua. Toba, istighfar, establishing salah in our lives and then not caving into the pressures of society and the pressures of others when this is going to involve us in things that are impermissible against the command of Allah Ta'ala. Then the aspect that we discussed was that this great amal of qurbani, this is the greatest act that a person can do on the days of Eid, 
But even greater than that is the aspect of joining family ties. All it requires sometimes is for us to just humble ourselves, make that call or meet the person and something happens somewhere, we say let bygones be bygones for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala and let us bury the past and move on for the future on the new note. And this brings great rahmat, great blessings and this enlightens our hearts, brings that nur in our hearts and it makes everything pleasurable for everybody in dunya. The main thing is that the rewards that we will get in the akhirat are beyond imagination. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala accept each one's ibadat in these Mubarak days. Allah ta'ala grant us the full blessings of these Mubarak days. Allah ta'ala make everybody's Eid the Eid in reality and enable us to take these lessons from the life of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and his family. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillah. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثريت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وأهل سعب المعين والحمد لله